This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Every Step Along The Way podcast. Myself and Dan, as always, are back uh, now, today's pod's going to be a little bit shorter than normal and probably a little bit more um, off the cuff, if you like, because obviously, you know, there's not a, a match to, uh, to actually preview, uh, but we've still got a lot to talk about, especially QPR and a few other bits going on. Uh, but before we get into that, Dan, welcome back. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not bad at all, mate. It's not bad at all. We uh, get ourselves in for an international break, aren't we? A week off. It's like the, yeah. uh, got some snacks in here, got some... Yeah, we've got some uh, chocolate, some crisps. It's like the last day at school before half term when you're breaking up. I've got some games. Might get Twister out in a minute or frustration or something. Bloody hell, Twister! That that'd be a sight to see. Bloody hell! I've not I've not played that. Yeah. There's a reason I haven't played for years. <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy. Uh, I will. Uh, I'll, I want pictures. I want. I want to see some really embarrassing ones. Um, I could, I could. Well, I was going to say I've had a, an interesting day. I mean, to be honest with you, mate, I, I haven't particularly had an interesting day. I think that my, my highlight of my weekend actually was uh, was winning about fifty odd quid off the back of a couple of free bets uh, that I'd had, and I sent them round to the group chat. And I hope you and Andy were on it. Otherwise, you've missed out because it was easy money. That was both of them. So, did you have them or not, Dan? I only saw one. I saw the, the I saw the ridiculous one. That... Jack Grealish paid out in about 50 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was buy money. But no, there was another one. It was, um, I'm trying to think what it was now. So it was over two and a half goals, over four cards, and over 11 corners. And it all come in. So it was like 53, 54 quid. Not bad. Um, so yeah, oh, that's an item nice. of my well weekend. Thank you, mate. I'll take it. I'll keep sending them round. And uh, yeah, you choose to back them or not. Uh, anyway, so moving on to QPR. Um, I mean, obviously, we've come back with a point from QPR, Dan. I mean, it's not not a disaster, uh, I don't think, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think a, a result that probably a good portion of the, the fan base would have definitely accepted pre-kickoff. Um, our history in London, as we know, was it 1-1 in 34, I think it was, uh, prior, prior to that game. So there's obviously a few things to talk about. Now, I wanted to kind of start off with the obvious, um, the penalty. Was it a penalty or not for you? Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> it's he's coming, and see, I was looking, trying to look at it from like you know, like I'm a being biased because it's Stoke, but yeah, it's a penalty. Should have been all day long. He's come inside. It's clumsy, as always. Well. There's nothing. It's not malicious. It's not dirty. It's not. It's just a clumsy tackle by a defender. It's one of them that if if that was the Stoke defender making that. Everyone would hold their breath for like two or three seconds, like <gasps> yeah, you, for the ref to give it, like oh no. <laughs> and you would think as well with a full home crowd behind them shouting and cheering that they might actually get it as well. Maybe the fact that it, you know it wasn't them chanting for it um, kind of allowed it to go by the wayside. I mean, in what 
in what scenario do you think the referee hasn't given that? Because he looked like he couldn't possibly miss it. I so he's not just about not... to say he had, he had a perfect view of it, didn't he? There was no no excuse not to give it, unless he. I mean, there's also no reason for him to go down, is there? Really? No. He, he, he got open ground in front of him to run into. It wasn't as if he was, you know, marshalled away from goal and you know facing the corner flag and got nowhere going. Thought, oh, well, I'll go down and see what the ref does. Yeah, we'd he'd. Uh, like I say, he was, he was he burst into the box. Well, I say, but he, he got into the box, bit ground in front of him to run into, and then maybe just you know, put a low cross in. But no, um, I can't see why it wasn't given. I really can't. Standard of ref uh, refereeing in the championship yet again coming through. Um, it's in t- obviously in terms of Wilmot. Now he's a player who's having a decent season. All of a sudden, not exactly a player that I don't think many people have given much thought to. Uh, to be honest, because obviously all the new signings and bits like that. Um, I mean, the guy's proven he can play at centre-back, he can play at right-wing-back, he can play at left-centre-back if he needs to. Uh, I mean, it seems to be that anywhere he kind of feels like, to be honest. So I think it's really easy to forget that this guy is 22 years old. Like, that is, he's still a really young player learning. And for I think speaking of people who could make an impression this year, it's not unfair to say that he's probably one of the highlights of the season so far. Do you think, or is that a bit too too kind? No, I think um, to to me he's Mister Dependable, isn't he? Like I say, mm. he can play. They move him around, and the fact that he he keeps playing well, and keeps um, giving positive performances, and and not letting us down, and he keeps being shifted around into like what what four like you just said, that four different positions. The right of a three, the left of a three, right back, right wing back, all all as well, with different partners, different formations, different styles. And he, like I say, he's just Mr. Dependable. I, did, I, I liked him last season. I thought he got, when he got a bit of stick, I thought it was uncalled for, really. Because mm. um, he doesn't generally have a bad game, does he? And I, can't, I can't remember any games where we've come out and thought, oh, he's had a right stinker today. No. No, he was he was quite average most of the time, and then he'd just pop up with the odd goal or screamer, as we saw uh, last yeah. season, which was a cracking goal. But, um, yeah, like you say, I don't mind a player who's just going to go through the motions and just do a, a really steady job. That'll do for me any day of the week. Well, as a centre-back as well. If you have <laughs> you a couple of them, steady eddies that, you know, give you, make you 7 out of 10 every week, then you're all right, aren't you? <laughs> well, where would you say he's... His best position is because for me, when I when I think back at all his different positions and again what he's achieved, he seems to do more from that kind of right wing back position. Which, I mean, some mm. people see that as his natural position now. No, I can't. I I, I saw a comment earlier on someone said that's his best position. It's not for me. I don't think he's. I think he's best in like the right of a three. I think is his best position, mm. and I think that's where he was brought for ideally. He plays on the right, and I think what he's done is he's good. He's good at carrying the ball forward, isn't he? So, yeah. If you're in a three-man defence and the ball comes to him on that right-hand side, he's quite happy to carry it 10, 20 yards. And then if the right wing back can then push on as well, it just helps us get up the field. I think that's where his strength lies. Well, speaking of defenders, though, mate, what about Jackie Elka? It seems to be a player that's completely and utterly disappeared. Um. Why, why give me your contract? I mean, I guess you could say a new manager maybe got new ideas, but to be completely bombed out, is it is he really that low down the pecking order? Um, I think it would 
there was always going to be a time and it was never going to be far away that his legs have gone and stuff. And I think mm -hmm. from watching this season, it does seem that he's, you know, a little bit more off the pace than he was last year. And potentially that has happened. His legs may have just gone. So he might have been doing a bit more of a, a coaching role, maybe supporting the under 21s, maybe yeah. a little bit more potentially. Okay. Well, well, we'll we'll see what happens with him, mate. It's just I just I was remembering thinking back to the actual team uh, lineups and stuff like that. It's good to see Lawrence on there. Um, it was nice to see him back as well. Um, yeah, you but, got the wrong one, didn't you? <laughs> you picked Kyrie Clark to come back. <laughs> well, it was just that it was a bit cryptic. I thought, well, you know, they get they get told what the team is on the Friday, and then Clark comes out what in the evening on the Friday and coming back soon. I was like, mm, okay, is it a little bit like the timing situation where he just comes out of nowhere? Um, so yeah, I mean, I think either way, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about um, kind of post international break in, in a bit, but um, I would, I think we're going to see him back very, very soon. Um, one other thing I wanted to point out as well, which um, this guy must be ready to retire, Dwight Kale. Another goal ruled offside. Now I'm going to be very honest, and I want to ask you: Have you seen a good angle of this? Because the only angle I've seen is from the highlights that Stoker put on. I've been looking for another. If you've got one, please send it to me. Because from the angle that I've seen on those highlights, he does look offside. But that is the wrong angle to be viewing an offside from. So have you, have you seen a better angle than that? Uh, no, unfortunately, I haven't. I mean, we've seen these sort of the football league highlights you have on ITV. And the, they didn't even show it. They started theirs with the, the free kick, Gale's free kick, they were at the bar. Um, so no, unfortunately, um, as I was, you know, did, didn't get to watch the game live. I uh, yeah, haven't haven't seen it. Um, there yeah. seems to be a well, lot of people online who were very confident that it was a very clear onside as well. So there must be some other clips from somewhere. Radio, uh, that... well, I think Radio Stoke will get replays as well at the ground. I know they do a sour ground, don't they? They get replays through. Yeah, and yeah. they were sure, weren't they, that it was that it was offside. It was onside. Oh, okay. Well, well, we'll we'll trust it. I say there's a lot of people saying it's on. If they're saying they're sure it's on, then it's on, isn't it really? But yeah, Dwight Gale must be pulling his hair out. Uh, the next penalty, if we're if we're a goal or two up, he's got to take it. He's got to break the duck. Was it thirty odd games or something? He hasn't scored a, a championship goal for now or something. Yeah, I, I I hear them say on that football guys, thirty-seven games. I'm like, I'm sure you can't be thirty-seven games. <laughs> mm, sounds a bit wrong, that. But I mean, it's about how, unless how many of them like two minutes of appearances for Newcastle. <laughs> and another player who's had really good um, kind of game again, again actually, I will say, um, Bursic. I mean, there's a couple of Hollywood saves. Let's let's be honest, um, which he's going to do to try and make himself look better. I get it. Um, but I think overall, you know, he made some really crucial stops. So starting him again, I mean, again, Bonham, have you heard what's actually happened with Bonham? I, I haven't got the foggies. He wasn't even on the bench, was he? Fielding was making a rare appearance. Yeah, he's obviously injured, but I don't know why. What are you doing? <laughs> well, either way, mate, Bursic's had a, a good couple of games. Uh, I think that jersey's going to be his for, for the foreseeable. I think if we do bring in a goalkeeper... Uh, in, in January, hopefully he's going to have to battle to get the, the shirt off him. That, that'd be nice. Because, uh, again, we've, it's been too long since we've had a real... Like, you know, a player's stake is claimed for that for that number one shirt. So, yeah. Um, any other observations from uh, the, the game at all? 
Um, no, I think uh, you meant good to mention Basic there. I think he uh, did very well. Uh, they're obviously solidly, uh, quite solid now at the back, aren't we? He seems to be doing something with this team anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. some sort of positive impact on them, isn't he? Which is a good thing. He's um, got them organised. Yeah, so I thought was, uh, Campbell was very unlucky at the end as well. He was whiskers away with that shot one too. Sort of a, just fell to him. It was like a basic free kick once into the box, headed down, and it's he's just hit it and just just killed it the wrong side of the post. But yeah, it took yeah. a slight deflection, I think, as well. But even yeah, with the been... minor deflection, I don't think it's going in still. Mm, it was only just wide though, so you never know with that deflection how long if it's just. Oh, wasn't enough for the ref to see. That's something else he didn't see either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a shock. Um, so we've had some uh, comments in as well, so we wanted to read these out. So James, uh, I think it's James Priest, I think it is. So uh, Stonewall penalty, good point. Wilmot, Flint, JT, Delap, standouts. Gale can't buy a goal. <laughs> Absolutely not. Haley, um, my mate still hates me because I refuse to miss QPR. Dove Valley Potter under Neil, we're looking good enough to. Uh, he's got some ticks and question marks and symbols. So I like it. Uh, so yeah, under Neil, we're looking good enough to avoid relegation. Tick secure mid-table safety. Tick question mark be in the mix for the playoffs. And X to get automatically promoted. I think I'd agree with that. I don't. There's no way we get automatic promotion in this league. Um, not right now, anyway. And then Frank Foy. So clean sheet against top six side away is great. Uh, Sean Allen, absolute penalty. A good point considering they were camped in our half, uh, in our half after half time. Too many halves in there. Bursic perform, performed really well. Looks a different player. The only negative he should have made subs earlier as we were struggling. Godfrey Heath is good point and yes, a penalty. And the final one is from Alex Lewis, who was, uh, who was actually 30 yards away. It was a stonewall penalty. Neil is building a defence as step one and succeeding. Four points and two clean sheets. Ben Wilmot, surprisingly good at right wing back. There were similar comments, but that should do for there. So I think there's a lot of similar comments. As I said to you just, mate, a lot of people saying, yes, it was a penalty. Yes, it was a penalty. Yes, it was a penalty. Gale shouldn't have been flagged offside. So you can kind of say that we've uh, we've been robbed yet again. Now, um, moving on very quickly. So we had in the previous part some audio from QPR in terms of what they thought, some really in-depth audio. Now, uh, we've actually caught up with them after the match again for the next kind of uh, couple of minutes. So let's have a quick listen to see what they thought, see whether they thought we deserved the result or not. Oh, lads, what can I say? Um, I thought uh, very poor first half, like all round, very championship. Stoke probably the better of the two teams in that first half. Good change at half-time, then coming on, leading the line well. Didn't let Flint win every ball like he was in the first half. I thought we were really good second half. Your keepers made a couple of great saves. Uh, yeah, and I thought I thought we played well. I enjoyed watching us. It was much uh, much better second half. And I thought, honestly, the referee had had a really good game. I was thinking sort of 7, 8 out of 10 for the referee. He then... With about sort of five minutes off the end, adds three minutes onto a game that had had time wasting, that had had injuries, that had had substitutions, and a minute's applause for the Queen. Three minutes. He almost gave the impression that he had somewhere to go. I know, I know the last Avanti train up to Manchester tonight is like 20 past seven out of Houston. And he's from Manchester. And he looked like he wanted to get out of there. So he adds three minutes onto a game that probably should have had six. 
and then turns down the most blatant penalty I've ever seen in the last minute. So if I was you guys, I'd be proper pissed off with that because I'd I'd have wanted that penalty all day. It looked absolutely nailed on, but he just he just seemed to want to get out of there and pick the ball up and left. I thought he'd refereed the game really well until that point. Um, so yeah, I thought on the balance of the first half, a draw was fair. I thought we were a much better team second half. You'll probably disagree. Your keepers made some great saves. We got Willick and Chair on the ball and Laird involved. So I, I, I think we probably deserve to win the game on the balance of the 90 minutes. And then in stoppage time, obviously, like it's a penalty. I haven't seen it back. I'm just walking back from the ground now, but it's a penalty. And so we've got away with one. We'll take nil-nil and, uh, and and head off into the international break. But yeah, it was just it was weird. He refereed the game so well to that point that he just like it looked like he wanted to get out of there. Yeah, it couldn't be asked for the Stoke penalty. He waved it away and picked the ball up and left. So, uh, yeah, very bizarre. Bad luck, safe journey home, I guess. Lovely. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Good to, good to catch up. And I know you were on your way to the pub, I think, or on the way back from the pub. So I think you did really well to uh, not, not be too harsh. So, yeah, basically, I mean, from what he said there then, I mean, they didn't like the referee either, which is, uh, says everything if they think they've been hard done by as well. Uh, I do love his comments about the ref needing to catch a train. Um, so yeah, the the last train out, which um, I say Andy's normally normally on hot with with trains out, and uh, yeah, just basically saying that he was he was kind of catch a train home, which is the reason why he didn't want to give the penalty, didn't want to have any more time on. So that's quite an interesting take. Um, and yeah, funny enough, clearly saw that it was a penalty, uh, and uh, how unusual for a championship referee to have a bad game again. So. I mean, I need to look this up, Dan, but I'm pretty sure that VAR light is coming in next season. I swear we've we've talked about this at some point. So we've got VAR VAR light, haven't we, now with goal line technology. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they're going to sort of introduce it bit by bit. I think it's more of a cost thing as the issue, isn't it? um, But yeah, I think next season they're going to be having more more VAR in there, which is good because we get to look at things like that penalty. <laughs> um, what I will say is that he, the one penalty he has given this season, which we mentioned in the preview pod, mm-hmm. uh, was for us at Huddersfield and Lewis Baker missed it. So maybe he thought, oh, I'm going to give him this penalty. There's going to be a big fuffle there. Everyone will be arguing because it's so late. Fans will be on my back and then he's only going to miss it anyway. So I may as well, <laughs> I may as well just not give it. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, yeah, I'll just let, let's move on because it, 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 no one can fathom why. So we'll, we'll move on very quickly. Now, um, we'd normally have like a bit of a news section, and I guess there's not an awful lot of news, to be honest with you, to talk about. But, um, I mean, Dan, in terms of obviously under-21s, I mean, I believe they played today, and it was, uh, i say, quite an eventful game, to say the least, I think. Yeah, so if you, um, if you like comebacks from 3-0 down, Thinking, you know, Cardiff at home last season, or this one, was the right way around. <laughs> because Aston Villa went into a 3-0 lead. Uh, we play Aston Villa under-21s at the Beth 365 Stadium today. And uh, just after half-time, Villa went 3-0. And then a goal from Reading straight away uh, after 49 minutes. And then the real, the real key thing was the introduction of McGuinness from the bench. So, yeah, so he came on with like half an hour to go and netted a couple of goals with about, I think it was the 72nd and 77th minute. 
and uh, yeah, got us back to 3-3. Three, three. So yeah, I think um, from what I've read and uh, from people who were there, they said Everton was pretty unanimous in that Wright Phillips was the, the star of the show. Yeah, someone who's kind of failed to make an impression at the minute, it seems. Um, he hasn't really getting much game time, though, is exactly, he? That's what I mean. He's, he's still going to make an impression in, in training, though. If he's not <clears> doing <throat> enough to even get on the pitch, he's clearly not making an impression in training. So, do you have you seen anything about Jacob Brown? Is he injured? From what I've heard, he's injured. But, again, this club and telling us why and how They've gone wrong. I, I bet. I bet they don't use. They, they, yeah, they, they don't use the words training ground injury because if they do, they're gonna get lambasted again. I mean, oh my word! How many times do we have to in, get players injured? It's ridiculous. <laughs> Too many. Too many every season. I mean, if a player gets crogged on the pitch, bad tackle, you can live with that. As bad as it is, you can live with it. It's these stupid ones where. You know, a bit like Suter and stuff like that, where it just happens out of nothing. And you don't hear anything about it. That's the ones that fans have problems with. And it just seems never-ending. Um, so, yeah, whatever. Well, I heard about the Suter one. Don't you worry about that. He was, yeah. trending, he was trending on Twitter, as it, about five minutes after it happened. <laughs> He, he was, mate, and I think he's going to be he's going to be back in time, isn't he? Uh, potentially for obviously the you know the World Cup and stuff like that. And I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of concerned that he's going to come back, get semi fit, go out there and do himself again. Well, I know about Alex Neal's fuming with the Australian manager as well, telling everybody yeah, he'll be back soon. He's back. He'll be back this day today. He should be playing at the start of October. But he's like, excuse me, that's not how I do things. I like to just. I'd like to just appear on the pitch one day. <laughs> Can you stop giving me secrets away, please? <laughs> yeah. Do, do you think that... I was going. To, I don't think he will. I think I know exactly what you're going to say to this. I was going to say, do you think he might remove himself from the squad? But he, he's not going to, is he? Because he doesn't know if he's going to get there again. Exactly, yeah. You can't... I wouldn't, I wouldn't want him to because from a purely non-selfish point of view... To play at a World Cup is a dream for any any footballer, isn't it? And, mm-hmm. You know, especially Australia as well. He's not going to know. There's no guarantees they qualify from there because obviously they used to qualify every time, but then not do anything when they got there because they were in that sort of um, Oceania group, weren't they? With it was all like them in New Zealand who were any decent, like you know, Papua New Guinea and all that. So they move themselves, haven't they, in with like uh, the South Asia area, so they've got more competition there. They generally do qualify, but you never know. It's, it's not a gimme anymore for them. No. well, good, it's, good not gimme that, it's also not a gimme that he will be there in four years' time either. No, no, it, it, it's not. It's not a gimme he'll be here in four years' time with us either. No. I mean, it depends what depends what Harry Suter comes back. I just hope that if they do get him back in, because... That they don't have anyone to his standard um, in that back line. I am just really concerned that they're going to rush him back because he's because he can walk and because they've got a lack of options. <laughs> um, yeah. I just hope they don't go down that route because their responsibility is not to Stoke City. Their responsibility is to that international team. And yeah. that that's what I don't like about it. So I really hope he goes and he only plays if he's fit. So we'll see, but I mean that'll just be sod's law. Wait all this time, 
we worked hard, we get him fit, he gets himself fit and he gets himself injured again, or a knock, which puts him back another six to eight weeks. So stoked to happen, the one it. Um, anyway, anyway, let's move on. Uh, We've so, already convinced ourselves it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I just can't keep speaking about it anymore. It's just tempting fate, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, player of the month, Dan. Uh, we should hopefully have enough stats to, to kind of see where we are on that front. Yes, so obviously there were three games this month with the cancellation of Luton. Um, we only had three instead of four. Uh, who would you say has been your player of the month? So just a reminder, the games are Reading away, Hull away, QPR away. I mean, it, it's got to be Bakes, on it? Yeah, so you get double points as well for wins. So a Lewis Baker, 68 points this month. Ben Wilmot, 63. Jacob Brown got 48. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so they're the top three. Uh, just below that, you've also got um, Joe Basic, 45, and uh, Liam Delap, 42. Joe Basic actually got 25 points because uh, he got man of the match uh, at the weekend against QPR. He'll run away with that. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, in terms of the... Um... For him, if he carries on going, he might start making his way up uh, up up the actual league. To be fair, so um, yeah. yeah, so we'll have to keep an eye. I'm sure you're keeping your spreadsheets with uh, the amount of the matches and stuff on because we need to oh, actually yeah. award a man of the match at the end of the season. I am indeed. So yeah, so that, that's obviously that's the standings there. So if you want the players overall this season so far, mm-hmm. um, Taylor is still ahead, 175 points because obviously he was so far clear. Uh, the end of August, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, Lewis Baker's caught him right up, though. He's on 163, so he's only 12 yeah. behind now. Okay. Uh, ben Wilmot's third on 137. Joe Bursic is fourth on 126, which he's actually done quite well, considering that you know he was dropped for like four. He didn't play four games, did he? Hmm. Okay, mm. so it's basically it's all to play for. We might be uh, on the pitch again with a, a new face this time, I think, by the sounds of it. so Yeah, so just to say as well, it might surprise you this one. Joint fifth place, Jacob Brown, fair enough, and Aidan Flint on 105 points each. You know what? No, it doesn't surprise me, actually, mate. Bar the odd, I mean, the obvious big mistake that he made uh, the, the other week. Bar that, he hasn't been that bad. I maybe expected more from him from corners and stuff like that, but I'd say he, I'd say he's been pretty solid overall. Well, do you know what? You say that from corners, but he's actually been a bit of a nuisance. He's got two assists. Yeah. Fancy where he's you know set other people up, just nod, you know, nodding balls down and that. Yeah, which is fair enough. As long as he assists, I don't. He doesn't have to score, does he? But no, yeah. I say, I'm not surprised, mate, to see him up there. Um, and it, I think the interesting thing will be when Suter is back, does he play with? With him, does he play with um, again? Take your pick, Taylor. Does he? You know, there's there's a lot of different combinations. Wilmot, because obviously Harry Clark will be back. So is he really going to drop Ben Wilmot? Mate, there's a, it's a bit of a headache for him in terms of which way to go. Mm. I think. I think when Suter's back, we maybe are even more suited to playing <laughs> the three centre backs and having your Wilmot, Suter. And then, well, at the minute it looks like it's Fox, doesn't it? Which Fox might not be, you know, you might say, well, you know, Aidan Flint's playing better than Morgan Fox. And you're all. And, and the thing with that is, 
Morgan Fox being left footed just seems to naturally give the back line a more comfortable feel. They just everyone just seems more comfortable and more more relaxed. Yeah. It isn't like panicking when the ball gets over on top left hand side because somebody's playing out of position or you know, and then someone's tackling with the wrong side or tackling with the wrong foot because they they're out of position. Yeah, strange. I never thought I'd be happy just to see him just sit there. <laughs> I guess we've got another <laughs> option. I, again, though, I, I'd say we're, as soon as Tymon's back, he's gone. Let, let's be honest. So, uh, But at the same time, you know what? Fox has given himself a backup. He's, he's now a, an adequate backup, shall we say, um, at this point. It, he won't be here next season, let's be honest. Alex Steele will replace him. But uh, you know what? Yeah, if he, do, if, he, if he gives us that balance, good enough for me. You've also got Harry Clark. He's going to be coming back soon. Yeah, like I said, yeah, like I say, I mean, Fosu. I mean, could could Christ, we we yeah, we've as, got as some options. Back, you could, you know, Clark could. If you're playing three centre half, Clark's an option in there as well. Mm-hmm. Taylor makes you wonder whether they'll see any, and maybe one of these loan players potentially go back in January, if there's an option. Well, because at the same time, one more injury there, and we are, but at the minute <laughs> we are screwed. So it's probably one of them key positions they don't want. To be that without anybody. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Well, we'll we'll soon see. Um, that kind of does it. For obviously, the QPR on the news bits. Now, obviously, international break. I'll be honest. I I, I don't like international breaks, especially this early in the season. And and obviously, with the actual World Cup coming up, it's just it just feels so disjointed. But um, just a quick one for you, really, mate. So, do you feel that the international breaks come at the right time here? My personal opinion on this. Is Alex Neal's got him fighting? He's made as hard as to beat. You know, we mentioned earlier that the four was it four points from from six in the last two away games, not bad form. I think the only thing for me that I can see as being a positive is that it means that Clark and Timon will m- almost certainly be back for Watford. But do you see it as a good thing or a bad thing? I think we've still got key players out injured, and the fact that obviously you know Jacob Brown and Josh Timon. Um, missed the QPR as well with injuries and then obviously like I say Sutor's you know the, the more games we can <laughs> can play after he's back the better so yeah I think it, I'm quite happy for them to have a bit of a break I think he's done wonders so far as well Alex Neal I think getting them more um, rigid and getting them more more um, solid so we say sorry at the back mm-hmm but I don't think he's gonna. I don't think by any chance, by any stretch, he's gonna turn around and say, "Job done." We, you know, everything's fine. I don't need any more time on the training ground with him. Everything's sorted. He's got far from that stage, isn't he? So, yeah. the fact he now gets another two weeks with him is probably he's thinking, "Yeah," and he's got two weeks with a squad that are gonna come, sort of bouncing into training because they've just had, they've had two good results there this week. So he isn't as if he's picking them up off the floor. Every, you know, he's got to sort of re-motivate them over the next two weeks. Like, oh, come on, lads. You know, yeah, that's... You know, you've, you've had, you got defeated in your last game, but, you know, use that as a into a positive. He hasn't got mad with any of that. You know, they're all going to be coming in. They're all going to be, uh, um, I say, buzzing about the, the training ground and that. And also, two clean sheets on the road as well. So he's got a defence now who... Who are confident, which is a long time since we've been able to have that. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, no, no, I, I get it, mate. I, I, I do understand. And I, I just, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know you're going to be um, having a, uh, obviously, a pod, aren't you, with, with Andy. Um, do you want to just kind of give us a bit of an update in terms of, like, the structure, when it's going to be, et cetera, if you've, uh, if you've thought about it too much? Yeah, so obviously England are going to be playing on Friday and Monday. Uh, so me and Andy will be getting together this week and looking at, you know, the squad and who's been called up. You know, any players we think maybe have should have missed, you know, who've been lucky to get in or unlucky not to be picked. And then obviously looking ahead to these these two Nation League, Nations League games. So there'll be a podcast that should be out on Thursday morning, uh, ready for the one like in Sash on Friday night. And then uh, there should be another one out on Sunday morning ahead of the game on Monday night. And then we shall... Uh, return to our normal podcast on the following Friday when we're before um, the next game, which is at Watford, a midday kickoff on a Sunday. Delightful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I was, I was, I was going to say, mate, it'd be, it'd be interesting because while, yes, it's not Stoke City, I still think it'd be nice for people to get some insight um, into things and have a bit of a chat about it. And I'm sure you'd probably encourage, you know, if anybody wants to, to get in touch with you, any comments about about anything to do with England uh, over the next few weeks, then uh, I'm sure you'd you know you'd probably have it on and, and discuss it. I'm not putting words into your mouth, but um, I think we'd always encourage anyone to get in touch, really, wouldn't we, sir? Yeah, yeah, that goes for any <coughs> that goes for any of the podcasts that we do. Yeah, good. Well, I hope you enjoy it. Now, post international break is something I wanted to touch on briefly. If we think we've had a, a difficultish start to the season. The next three fixtures are even more difficult. So we come back off international break. We have Watford at home, away to Burnley, at home to Sheffield United. Those three games are tough, tough games. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of put you on the spot here, Dan, but how many points do you think we're going to get out of Watford, Burnley and Sheffield United? I think we can beat Watford. I'm actually quite confident in that game. I think for some reason, I just think we'll win. <laughs> yeah, same here. Um, about three points for me on that one. Yeah. Yeah, I think on paper they maybe look a bit more formidable than they actually are. I think that's the vibe we're getting from um, the Watford fan that we sort of, you know, we sort of talk to as well, don't we? That you know, don't be fooled by the, the players that you see when you're written down. Which we know all about that because we've had <laughs> four years of that, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. You, you look at a team on paper and think, oh, what a, what a team, and then we just never really produce. Um, the Burnley one, Sheffield United. I think Sheffield United, even though that's at home, I think that's a tougher game than Burnley away. To be honest, um, I'd take five points from them three, definitely. Okay, if you have to be five points now, if you if we be five points now, winning two draws, I would take that. Well, I was I was going to say for me, I think I agree with you totally. I think we can beat Watford. I, I, I don't think they're as great as the Luke, as you basically just pointed out. Um, Burnley, is, they're always prone to conceding Burnley. Yes, they score almost every week, but they always concede. So I think it will be a loss, but I do think we will score. So I'm I'm expecting a loss there. Sheffield, I mean, we're not great at home. Let's let's be honest. We're, you know, we're not exactly, uh, you know, unbeatable at home. So for me, Sheffield United, they will probably walk this league this year. 
Um, so they will beat us, I think, at home. So I'm seeing three points uh, personally from that one. I don't. I mean, don't wrong. I'd I'd love five points like you've gone for, but I I just don't see past three personally. Now I did ask everybody else, and I've only given you like an hour and five minutes for everyone to comment or whatever. So I did on a quick poll. So I just said out of the next three games, how many do you think we'll get? So it was zero to three points, three to six points, or six to nine points. Zero to three had 20%, six to nine had 18%, and three to six had 62%. So they're kind of with you there, Dan. Clever lot. <laughs> they are a clever lot, aren't they? Yeah. I totally agree with them. I'm changing mine to six points. No, I'm joking. No, I, I'm going to stick with me three. I've got to stick with convictions. Um, yeah, and I think uh, Andrew uh, Finio went with eight. It's his prediction there, which is... Very ambitious. I, I asked him which, which ones uh, he's gone for, and he hasn't. I don't think he's read it yet. But uh, yeah, how eight is points he getting eight? By the way, um, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, asked, I've asked for a breakdown, um, but <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure. It may be meant to put nine and just max it out. I'm not quite sure, but yeah. Um, either way, if he if he finds eight points, I, I'll take them. I'll take them. Yeah. Uh, uh, the women's. Women's team uh, have, yeah, have just finished. Are, so. I, I am ready here and waiting to, to give you go, this. Go for it. <clears throat> so, first of all, I'm going to tell you about the under-18s. This should never be missed. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday morning, 11 a.m. kickoff, Clayton Woods, Stoke City under-18s won, Manchester United under-18s nil. <laughs> Who are United? Never heard of them. We didn't hear of them last week, either, did we? <laughs> no, so... The uh, yeah, the winning goal was scored by number nine, Matthew Lusacueno. Apologies there, Matthew. I tried my best. <laughs> um, but yes, they had a, obviously the Nate, uh, Nathan Lowe didn't play because he plays for the under twenty ones, so they missed the guy scoring most of their goals. But they still went. Like I say, there the is replacement. Yet another striker it appears as coming off the. Uh, off the line, we just keep producing these goal scoring strikers, don't we? Yeah, but we're not gonna have any room for him soon, but yeah. <laughs> One thing I have noticed though is obviously today, and you know, is there's no Emery Tescal in the uh, under 21s team today. He's been he's vanished for a while, hasn't he? I'm just thinking he must be injured again, yeah, so like somebody there's, else. There's he's not there. Like he's he's not played for under twenty ones. He's not in the under eighteens. He's not featured at all for the first team. You just think he must have picked up an injury or something. Just keeping it under wraps. Um, mm. but yes. So so far, the first team have drawn nil nil. The under twenty ones have come back from three nil down to draw three three. The under eighteens have beaten Manchester United one nil. And then on to Stoke City women, who have gone away to Liverpool Feds and won 2-1 today. Way not a bad weekend, eh? <laughs> not a bad weekend at all. Four games, two wins, two draws. But there's your eight points. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, there you go. See, he knew something we didn't, didn't he? That, that's, that's what he's done. He's done the maths. Maybe he's the new, uh, he's the new uh, third leg of the tripod for this podcast, mate. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be advertising for one soon. You know. 
We will um, give, give Andy a good kick, and if he doesn't come back. <laughs> uh, but yes, so Stoke City women are now fourth in the league as well. So they're up to fourth, nine points from five games. Nice. So yeah, so they've had a good start to their season. Uh, they haven't got a game next week, not a league game next week. Uh, the under-18s are actually doing quite well as well. They, they haven't got a game now for a couple of weeks, but they're third in their division. Uh, so Sunderland the top, then Wolves, and then it's Stoke, nine points from four games, followed by Manchester City, Liverpool, Leeds, Newcastle. Hey. So, yeah, and some decent sides we're just uh, sitting above right now in, in that division. Uh, the under-21s are ninth out of 11 in theirs with four points from four games. Well, mate, can't argue with any with any of that. We'll take those types of results. Although I wouldn't mind the first team actually, you know, winning a game. You know, <laughs> do, do, do some do some crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um all right, brilliant. Well, I think that's a, a very nice, bright way to finish off, unless you've got anything else. No, I think that's uh, I think we've said it all and we've said all we need to do today, like I say, a bit of a shorter one. But uh, yeah, time time to get the three lines out now. For a couple of weeks, I've got the the uh, Pottery's Crest and whatever. Have a bit of a rest. Yeah, absolutely. Come come back strong uh, for, for for obviously Watford and hopefully get three points under the belt again. So uh, thanks for joining us as always, mate. Hope hopefully everybody enjoyed that. Uh, make sure you tune in for the international pod next week, and we will see you all back here, Stoke City fans, in the next couple of weeks. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.